The people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. 600 metres left to run. Get your ground three wide. Stradari the inside. Jockberg between them. A neat line of three. Stalking fourth here to Sakaro. Further back to Bernie's Tiger. And then Magna Siva and Hamoon Sweethearts drop right out. At the 400 metres marker. Jockberg and also Sakaro finishing strongly. Uh, Magna Siva trying to rally back and Stradari. Bernie's Tiger the inside. But out wide Sakaro. Sakaro sweeping away now. It's all Sakaro on the cup. They queue up for the miners, but with 100 metres left to go, Sakaro three, four lengths in front, and Sakaro, Sakaro's won the Birdsville Cup, second Magna Seba, third as a photo, Jockberg's up there with Stradari, Bernie's Tiger, followed by Get Your Grey On. After a couple of false starts with a washout on Friday and having to uh, delay the start of Saturday's racing while they basically dug the track up, they were finally able to race in the Tab Birdsville Cup, the second edition for 2022, and Sakaro for tr uh, trainer Philip Cole and jockey Robert but far taking out the second 2022 Birdsville Cup this year. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. We look back at what was a, uh, a very drama-filled week at Birdsville. We're going to focus on the Mariba Cup. Lord of Light successful there for Frankie Edwards and Ricky Ludwig. Also going to uh, look back at what happened at Julia Creek and Emerald on the weekend, plus Bundaberg. The Surratt Diggers Cup meeting had to be transferred to Roma on the Sunday. And lots of other news coming through this morning as well. As always, helping us out with all of our news is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob, and happy birthday for yesterday. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Tony. Thank you very much. And to any of the loyal listeners who sent me uh, birthday wishes, it's nice to age a year, isn't it, when you're getting older? It's uh, always good. We're still going around, and uh, we look forward to another year, particularly of country racing. And, Tony, I think you summed it up pretty well, didn't you? Drama-filled um, week leading into Birdsville Cup and the uh, the Birdsville Cup itself. And congratulations to the uh, Birdsville Club in getting the meeting up and running. They've had plenty of practice at this, Tony. I think mm. 2016, they did the same thing Colgate's an absolute marvel on that tractor and the uh, grader and uh, look you you just cannot knock the commitment that they have to ensuring the uh, the two-day meeting goes ahead no matter how it's done or how it's achieved and um, we'll talk more about that later down the track but Tony credit where credit's due to Philip Cole and Robbie Farr uh, Sicaro coming off a third in the Batuta Cup uh, the previous week and I think when we speak to Robbie in a moment uh, he might have been there. Might have been a little bit of disappointment in that run, but there was plenty of promise in it leading into the Birdsville Cup. And uh, great to hear Josh Fleming's call again of yet another 140th Birdsville Cup. I think he referred to throughout the weekend. Um, but Sakaro, a worthy winner for the leading trainer Philip Cole and leading jockey Robbie Farr during the whole two-day carnival. Robbie picked up a double on both days of the carnival, the uh, Friday trend, uh, fr Friday program that was transferred to Sunday. But importantly, the double kicked off on. Saturday, including the Cup on Sakaro, and he's joining us this morning on Bushby. Good morning, Robbie, and congratulations on your Birdsville Cup win. Oh, thank you very much. Good morning to you, Robbie. Um, congratulations, as Tony said. You're one of the hardest-working jockeys I know around, and uh, you know how to analyse a run uh, very uh, easily after a win like this. But you came off the third at Batuta, and I thought you maybe sounded a little bit disappointed when I was down there talking to you, um, but you felt that the horse would uh, come good in the Birdsville Cup with a quiet ride. Uh, did that how it pan out for you? 
Yeah, I was a bit disappointed at uh, Batuta because he's actually got really good form. And I said to Phil, I think he sort of half felt the pinch the last 150 at Batuta. And uh, I thought coming to Birdsville, the run from Batuta will top him off nicely. That form you're talking about links back to the Darwin Carnival, doesn't it, uh, that uh, he came with? Yeah, it's very strong, very strong form and very nice horse to ride and I was pretty confident going into Birdsville. They they went to extreme lengths to make sure the uh, the Cup was run and won and the two-day carnival took its place. Um, did you feel during the run that you were going to ensure you're in the right part of the track, have that sit come down the centre of the track? Uh, was it in a better position there than closer to the rails? Um, I thought the road was a bit off um, on both days and in saying that Phil wanted me to be in the first four and his strict instructions were to be in the first four and give him a little bit of room into the straight and let him come home and it all panned out beautifully and when you're following the favourite in the race and when you're following Gary Urine in a race you're never too far away. Um, and the sprint in the straight, uh, no surprise to you after that run? Oh, I, I thought, like I said, I, I thought he'd be very competitive, but I didn't think he would dominate it that strong. Robbie, how was Sakaro on his other leg uh, when you were at Batuta? Because they race the Birdsville way of going, or the other way of going in Darwin, and he did all of his previous racing with Archie Alexander down in Victoria. So... The one, I guess you can say, blip on his radar was that third of Batuta behind Lubok and he had to go the opposite direction. Oh, yes. Some horses don't handle it, but he handled going around the other direction fine. I think he just knocked up slightly in the Batuta Cup and the run gave him a um, fitness into Birdsville. And the other thing about Batuta, Robbie, it is a heck of a long straight, isn't it? 450 metres. Oh, yeah, well, I thought I actually rode him better at Batuta because I I was in the box seat, pulled out at the right time, and he had plenty of chance to chase him at Batuta. But like I said, I, he sort of faded on his run a little bit and his fitness was better for Birdsville. Is this your first trip to, Batu- uh, to Birdsville? No, I've had about five trips but never got close to winning the Birdsville Cup. That's why it was very emotional for me coming into the straight with that handful of horse. And I, I, I started tearing up about 300 out. I was going to ask you about that because I did read a, a report on one of the social media stories saying uh, jockey Robert Farr with tears in his eyes. I'm thinking, no, surely not. But it was. It really was. Yeah, it's very overwhelming for me. And when after the race, oh, I was still crying and then they were taking photos and I'm not used to the publicity or the photos. And I said to him, like, the stewards had to come back, back out and I had to wait out for the next. And I said, oh, I feel like Paris Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it while, while the, uh, the, uh, the paparazzi do want to come and talk to you, I guess, is the best advice. Yes, but I'm not very good at talking too much. I, I, I don't know what to say sometimes. I don't know, Robbie Farr. I've I've interviewed you many times after winning races, and I've I've never seen a guy be able to analyse something in depth as easily as you do after the races. So I think you're selling yourself a bit short. But this would have been your best carnival, two-day carnival, wouldn't it? Uh, 
uh, four winners all up. Robbie, take us through the, the other winners you had. Uh, They're all for Philip Cole. I know that yeah. much. Um, on the first day, I think it was... Crazy uh, Lad. Crazy Lad. My instructions were just to lead and uh, get out, lead, and just make every post a winner. And that's what he exactly done. And he was a pretty easy ride. He's probably the second horse that won as easily as the cup horse. And he was travelling all the way. And the next one was... You started the Sunday with a winner. Yeah, the mayor, Faith of Love. Well, she won in April, you know, and demolished him in April over the 800. And... I rode her at the Tudor, and it was a thousand metres. Like she can get the thousand metres, but it it would have been nice if it was eight hundred and then a thousand metres, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's come back to the eight hundred at Bearsville, and she's very, very, very quick. And unfortunate, I came into Phil Cole and I said, if you want to get one beat, put me on because I missed. I actually missed the kick on her, and she still won as it, as she liked. And then Kronos uh, got you the the final of your quartet. Yes, I was uh, I was actually disappointed with him at the Tudor too, and um, I had the lead on him at all cost. And I, but we bumped into a smart one at the Tudor, so and they ran something like fifty five seconds for a thousand metres. But over the six furlongs, I thought it was suiting better. And Phil said, if he gets the a easy furlong, give him one easy, if he can get a cheap furlong, just get going on him because he loves leading. He doesn't like getting taken on. And, well, my first furlong was pretty cheap. So uh, from the 1,000, I just kept on going. Yeah, convincing winner again, four and a half lengths. But then you let Sarah Robbins steal the thumb of thunder with Phillip's other runner. I know Philip would have put her on and not you there with Stroke of Magic. So he had the treble on the last day. But but that helped you, those four. You would have got Jockey of the Carnival with, I, I think, Sarah might have been the one breathing down your neck. She had a double, I'm pretty sure I saw on the on the first day, the Saturday, when, uh, yes, uh, Salazar was a winner for her as well as Love's son. Uh, but you did get the Jockey of the Carnival. Oh, yeah, so I got a trophy and a fantastic trophy. I'm tr- trying to keep it away from the kids so they don't break it. <laughs> um, we've just got to put some nails in the wall so I can hang it up. <laughs> yeah, they look after you with those sort of trophies down there, of course. Um, and where do you, Philip, are you continue on to Baduri? Uh, unfortunately, when Phil rang me a couple of months ago to do this trip, um, I... A friend of ours, I get married, so we. Uh, I'm not going anywhere this weekend, and well, I did want to go to Bediri. I tested it with Sheree, my other half, but if I was going to go to Bediri, um, she said you can find a new home. So, <laughs> um, so you're paying for that. the trip to the wedding? Oh no, so, I think she's already paid. I hope. <laughs> So we won't get to see you at Baduri, but uh, look, this has been a most successful carnival for you and you, you stuck with Philip all the way through. You made the commitment. What What is it about uh, for you guys that get you down to Batuta and Birdsville and then usually Baduri? Uh, well, to me, I had to go to Batuta the day before 
and then um, ride at Batuta, and I left on the Sunday because my missus and I worked for Richard Simpson in Longreach, um, got horses back here. So I drove back home on the Sunday, got back here on the Sunday afternoon and rode work here at Longreach on the Sunday afternoon. And I needed to get out to Birdsville. The weather didn't look good. Uh, I rode work at Longreach Thursday morning. I got in the car and my boy said, can I come, Dad? And I said, yeah, sure. Go and ask your mother. <laughs> and um, I took out my 10-year-old boy and this is what happened at Birdsville. It made me even worse. My boy come up to me after the race and said, I'm so proud of you, Dad. So, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, it made it even worse. <laughs> yeah, leading, oh. leading into Father's Day uh, on the Sunday yeah. as well. That would have been a very special moment. Yeah, with all the races been put into different days, my other half, Cherie, told my two youngest ones, Parker's Day was on Monday. Yeah. So when I rocked up on Monday afternoon, um, my kids had all their presents, what they made from school, and opened them up, and I couldn't believe it. It was good. Oh. Now they're old enough to acknowledge and they know what it is, so it was good. That's outstanding. Did did you ride now? This is uh, something I probably should know, and I can't find the results at the moment. Did you ride uh, at the first Birdsville Cup meeting back in April this year? Sorry. Did you ride at the Birdsville meeting back in April? Uh, yes. Yes. I, wanted... I I had only a few rides. I rode a winner for Mockton. Um, she was from Warwick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a bit of luck there. I only just had one winner and a couple of placings, I think. But well, my reason for asking that, Robbie, is I wanted to get a, a, just a, a bit of insight from you from what the track was like well, after all of this rain and then the track staff had to get out there with graders. You just never see graders out on a racetrack unless they're going to perform a miracle on dirt, as Josh Fleming called it. But what was the track like this weekend compared to what you rode back in April? Well, for starters, it was a, it was a miracle they raced. I said to my boy uh, when we rocked up, I said, hmm, oh, we just... I had a reasonable day last week at Petuta, but travelling there, travelling back is about $400. I think I've just lost $400. <laughs> but um, it was a lot further. What mm. they had to do to the tra- track for them to race, they had to pull off a lot of the top of the track. And and what made that is that it's a hard ground. It's like... Um, uh, I can't explain like bitchman. <laughs> like uh, you'd have a few jarry horses, yeah, but nothing went too wrong, which I was quite surprised. It was a great weekend all round. Yeah, it was like back in 2016 when they were able to save the meeting there by effectively having to dig the track up. And as Rob said at the top of the show, uh, yeah, they've had some experience at this, and it's amazing the the work that they've got to do now to be able to effectively rebuild the track. At least I suppose this time around, they've got 12 months to get it ready for next year. Yeah, you know, I just couldn't believe it. No one could really. Like, everyone wanted to race, but you had to be serious. Like, if they couldn't get the track going, obviously we are going to lose it. But I just can't believe how they can do it in such a short time. And I think Rooksy was out there all the time looking at the track and, I don't know, day and night to try and get them to race. So I just thought it was remarkable. As I said, Tony, at the top of the show, one of the hardest-working jockeys you'll find around. I don't know why he's got a problem with talking uh, talking on radio, talking in front of microphones, do you? 
I think he goes all right, this fella, yeah. right, Far. Yeah, he does, a, does an okay job. I think you do sell yourself sell short there, Mr. Far. Well, I think Rob mustn't be watching me work because I don't think I'm a real hard worker. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon it might be a case of mistaken identity? He's got you confused with someone else? Yeah, well, uh, my missus does all the work here. All I do is ride and she does all the hard yards, you know, but uh, since we moved to Longreach about seven months ago, like, we were struggling. We were barely make, paying bills and everything. Since we've gone, come here, at least we're putting money away, saving money. We couldn't do that before. Mm. Oh, it certainly uh, sounds like things have turned around in the right sort of direction. Wonderful to be able to have you on the show this morning and congratulate you on Sakaro's win in the Cup there. And we wish you uh, continued success. Enjoy the weekend off because you get a very few weekends off, but enjoy this weekend off and we'll have, uh, hopefully chat again soon on Bushbeat. Thank you very much, guys. Robbie Farr with us this morning. Great to have a chat with him there, Rob Luck. It's it's always interesting when we've got Robbies into Robbies. Um, but, yeah, just amazing the work that they were able to do and to get that insight from Robbie Farr there about what the track was like back in April compared to what it was like this time around for version two of the uh, the TAB Birdsville Cup in 2022. Um, yeah, just amazing they were able to get through the races at all. Yeah, and Tony, as you said, it was a drama-filled week and, and there's issues, of course, that will continue on uh, in regard to the Curic inquiry with uh, Toddy Austin and uh, Rick McMahon and the alleged incident there. Look, my only thoughts in regard to that, I just hope uh, Todd and, and Rick are, are coping well and our, our thoughts go to them. They're, they're human beings in our community and they play a big role and, uh, you know, we wish them well going forward and we and the outcome that comes of it. But, of course, the, the real dramas, I suppose, come in the way that people will look at the two-day meeting at Birdsville. And, and this is an iconic meeting. This has led the way, in a, in a sense, with country TAB racing and getting it up there. It's iconic for the people getting down there to the races. Uh, but it does bring it under the spotlight. And I think, like all good clubs, they are sure to put the microscope on it and review the situation um, as it has led to uh, David Fowler's press room comments uh, coming in on Monday morning because to have two TAB race day Sky Channel coverage with the number of horses and acceptances, a review is certainly in order and uh, David I thought made a pretty clear case um, as to the reasons why. For those that didn't catch David's editorial at the start of press room yesterday morning, here's what he had to say. Well, there's an expression like shooting Bambi, which of course refers to taking on or taking down a sacred cow. Well, this is my shooting Bambi moment, but I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure I won't be the Lone Ranger. The Birdsville two-day carnival cannot be sustained in its present form if the 2022 September edition, just run, is any yardstick. It's important here at this point to make two points. My comments have no bearing on the much-publicised alleged incidents leading up to the weekend of racing. So, some facts to begin with. Always a good place to start. The Friday meeting, which was, of course, postponed and run yesterday, had a final acceptance of 27 runners with $115,000 in prize money offered. Now, anywhere else in the state, this meeting would have been abandoned. There were 37 final acceptors on Cup Day with 127000 up for grabs. The turnover figures will hardly register a blip on the radar, with eventually 29 runners lining up on Saturday and a miserable 21 left the barriers yesterday. So does Birdsville deserve TAB status? More importantly, does Birdsville need TAB status? It's largely an event that relies on attendance 
and not TAB coverage. It's been going for a long time, a long time before the TAB came on board a few years ago. The prize money paid out and the ultimate return from turnover will be hopelessly out of whack. It will be a loss-making exercise because of maintaining TAB coverage. Can Birdsville sustain a two-day carnival is another question that has to be seriously asked in light of the weekend and the numbers. Why didn't owners and trainers support Birdsville? Is fuel too expensive in the current economic climate to make the trip? Yet Batuta, two hours down the track, fielded a far healthier meeting a week earlier for much less prize money. This isn't a knock-on on Birdsville per se. It's an iconic carnival, but that's, that's accepted. But if Racing Queensland doesn't ask some serious questions and be prepared for some uncomfortable answers, it's kidding itself. And more significantly, it will be performing a disservice to the industry as a whole. That was David's thoughts on uh, the situation on the weekend. Rob, it's hard to disagree with a lot of what he says there. And yes, some, uh, some very hard looking in the mirror is going to happen in the uh, days, weeks and months ahead. I think any club, uh, any organisation, when they have big events, Tony, the, the key thing to start with is uh, get in and analyse the situation when there's disappointment um, surrounding it. David made the clear point about the nominations, the acceptances, etc. You know, it's further added when you look at the Central West trainers, and that's where I think they've got to start. Go to the trainers and the owners and ask, well, what do we need to make you come to Birdsville? The Central West trainers, there was only Todd with the six runners that uh, unfortunately ended up being scratched. The other Central West horses went elsewhere, 14 horses. Um, four trainers went to either Julia Creek or, or Emerald, and with two Ilfacombe trainers out of action with the wet weather, there would have been six trainers going elsewhere in the area. So, you know, th this I is it a case again that um, the clubs have got to go back to that starting point and say... How do we ensure that the key priority is the racing and attract that racing, uh, those numbers, the trainers, the jockeys, the horses? I, I do believe that our, our clubs have got it right as a community day and Birdsville's no different, nor is Ewan or any of the other ones coming up with two-day meetings. And I certainly hope they get good nominations and acceptances. But is one of the key questions that got to be asked, how do we ensure we get the racing side of it right and make sure that we're getting the trainers and owners down here. Ask them the question. And everyone, I haven't been to Birdsville, so it's hard for me to comment in that regard, but everyone sort of knows the facilities aren't necessarily the highest standard. And uh, maybe that's one of the areas that Birdsville looks at and says, well, we've got to do something to entice the horses to come here uh, with better facilities. Uh, better prize money to an extent. Um, and then it's up to Racing Queensland and TAB to look at it more closely uh, because I, I don't really see that, as David pointed out, those numbers warrant that TAB status. But it is iconic. It has led the way in ensuring country clubs get the benefit of um, TAB Sky Channel coverage, it and the Roma uh, Club. And we don't want to see that disappear. Uh, but, of course... Uh, you know, historically, uh, they had an extra meeting in April. I don't know whether that really helped too much. Fuel prices have been exorbitant this year. Uh, and in the past, of course, um, the Northwest never used to race against them, and rightly so. They have meetings as uh, against them on the weekend, as they do against Batuta and Baduri, and yet those meetings go ahead strongly with their, their numbers. So there's a lot of questions to ask, Tony, and I think David put it very um, succinctly there, and that's where the uh, the Racing Queensland and the Country Racing Panel will come together, I'm sure, and, and look closely at it and see what the solutions are, because... You don't want to lose such iconic uh, race meetings. But 
as I mentioned, uh, Julia Creek was one of those uh, clubs that raced uh, on the weekend. And uh, Watsy's here this morning too. He was up there on the weekend in very windy conditions. And uh, they had a good uh, good range of races up there. Watsy, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Tony, and good morning, Rob. And it was uh, a nice uh, drive up in the country to Julia Creek uh, on the weekend. And uh, look, we, we speak about the, the weather uh, that we've had, the wet weather we've had uh, pretty much right across um, Central West and Northwest. Unfortunately, Julia Creek, gee whiz, it was dry out there. Uh, they've seemingly missed a lot of the rain, so hopefully they uh, get under one of the clouds that are around this week. But uh, it was a good uh, little meeting, Rob, and it was a double to Mark Oates, who took the training honours, uh, who teamed up with Jason Hoopert. And uh, one of the horses I know you've had uh, a bit of time for over the past 12 months is Strike Point. It was great to see him back in the winner's circle, the first leg of Mark's winning double, winning the open handicap over 1,100 metres. Beat positive tension. Uh, a short half head and full of fire ran nicely into third. But strike point, Rob, I know we've had this conversation off air, just seemed a little bit out of sorts um, at the beginning of 2022. Yeah, his alpha run, um, that was his last run too, what's he, the, the old yep. gelding. And uh, the alpha run was extremely disappointing. I'd, and I'd say the stable were keen on him that day. So I'm really pleased to see him back because Mark's always had a huge opinion of this horse. And um, now the open company win comes. And, you know, beating positive tension home, that horse has been in, in good form. So it argues well for his future. And it's a great uh, job by Mark uh, Oates and Julie Egling. Um, they did the bloods of strike point, found out a few little issues, and they've been treating him. And uh, it's great to see the re results there. And uh, I made comment uh, in the pre-race that he looked a bit full of himself, strike point, and uh, whatever he did on Saturday, he'll improve on. And I guess we'll see him step out on Longreach Cup Day come the 24th of September. Mark's second winner came in the shape of no innuendo, uh, also ridden by Jason Hoop. It was a well-timed run by Hoops, uh, running down the early leader, La Force, for Jay Morris and Dan Ballard. And I thought that one of the run of the race here was too hot to hold to Sean Royce and Denisha Smith in third. But uh, no innuendo. He's been a really good horse this year, so consistent. And uh, we'll see no innuendo step out later on uh, this month, either in the Longreach Cup or the Junda Cup. Other races on the day, and uh, it all started with race one. It was a maiden over the 1,100 metres and jumping power for Sean Royce and Denisha Smith won and won very impressively. Six and a half lengths over the appointed time who uh, collects another check for Kerry Crow and Jason Bavarovich. And uh, Shadow Snow, the favourite, um, will be better for the run for Tanya Parry and Terry Hill. Race two was a Dan Ballard special on board Scarpa uh, for De Mum Denise. Uh, one by a short half head over a million dreams, who was a really good run being wide all the way for Tanya Parry and Terry Hill. And Dance Harvin, first up for Cherie Vick, uh, ran third after being wide also. Denisha Smith in the saddle. But Scarpa, uh, Ballard, as he does, he got to the front and just rolled along uh, really controlled the tempo and uh, had enough to run through the line to score and uh, it was a nice little win for Scarpa. Uh, another nice winner on the program was a horse by the name of Mopar. Now uh, this was its third win in a row for Kerry Crow and Jason Bavarovich. This was a Class B over the 1,350 metres and really, really relished the journey. Won by seven and a half lengths over title force for Sean Royce and Denisha Smith. And Art Thief for Tanya Parry and Terence Hill was in third, beaten 10 lengths. But uh, interesting to note, uh, the win of Mopar ran 115.58. Uh, 
uh, versus the benchmark 65 that went significantly slower, 117.03. So uh, Mopar, a pretty exciting horse up there in the northwest for Kerry Crow. Uh, we know he can turn him out. He's had great success uh, with Snippy Strategic over the past couple of years. So, Rob, this might be the new Snippy, Mopar. Yeah, and he's the one that really got that form. And aren't they going well, Kerry and Jason? Good combination. I know they had a Caulfield uh, double when I was up there. And you mentioned Snippy Strategic. He was a good winner on that day. So those horses start to get exciting with, of course, Mount Isa coming towards their Cup Carnival time in September. And, of course, uh, Mark Oates uh, doing so well coming into the Longreach Cup Carnival. Any, uh, any news to mention this morning in terms of the Longreach Cup coming up at the end of September, apart from the fact that Tony Clements will be making another appearance there for whatever number of years it is. <laughs> Must yeah, be. I've just started on Tony Clement's uh, MC run sheet, actually. Nice. <laughs> nice. You do work very hard when you're here, Tony. We'll make sure that uh, the team know that. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't miss it for quits. Yeah, shout out to Jared Daffy. We'll get him uh, up here one year. But uh, no, things are going along nicely, Rob. Um, we're expecting uh, a crowd uh, upwards of a thousand. Uh, we've got uh, the band ticked off. Uh, we've got great fashions in the field this year. I, I know that it's uh, a very popular uh, part of any any race day. And uh, of course, we're hoping for good nominations for our seven event TAB covered race day coming up on the 24th of September. Yeah, all eyes are turning towards those uh, cup meetings. Great to have you on again this morning, Watsy, and you are headed off to somewhere else this weekend, I'm sure. Yeah, back up to the curry this week. I'm just uh, hitting refresh on my uh, computer at work, eagerly awaiting the nominations. I think we'll see some uh, <laughs> nice noms there this Saturday. There used to be a thing about, I uh, hope no one checks my browser history when I'm work, at work because they'll be looking about my online shopping or something. Uh, checking your browser history, there'd be mostly racingaustralia.horse and tab.com.au and a few sites like that that you've got to worry about. Yes, plenty of those open. Plenty of those open, definitely, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Watson. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, lads. There's uh, Andrew Watts looking back at Julia Creek on the weekend. Uh, just before I have a look at the uh, the calendar of what's coming up, Rob, we need to move into a couple of our other meetings. Still want to talk about what happened at Roma on the weekend with the Surratt uh, meeting moved from Saturday to Sunday and heading up the highway. We'll talk about Bundaberg and Emerald. But right now, let's focus on Mariba Cup Day. Edwards makes a move and at the 400 metre mark he goes for home. He seals up on the outside of Roshan and coming around them is Necessitas with a run. Bonnie Thompson with a pickup right in the earlier event. Could she get two out of two and take the Mariba Cup home? Lord of Light challenged on the outside by Necessitas. Necessitas for Bonnie Thompson. Lord of Light kicking back. Lord of Light's got another winner and Lord of Light goes on to win the Mariba Cup. Great run by Necessitas, second. Roshan held on for third from Don Arcangelo. Jesco and a long last was tick-tock, tick-tock. Bonnie tried really hard to get Necessitas over the line in the Pims Mariba Cup on the weekend, but Frankie Edwards to the fore on Lord of Light for Ricky Ludwig, a leg of the winning double there for the jockey on the day. Peter Rowe is with us to look back at Mariba Cup Day from the weekend. Morning, Pete. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good morning, Peter. Yeah, well, thank you, and uh, hopefully all good in the far north there. I noticed there was an abandoned uh, race, which we'll come to as well, but uh, Ricky Ludwig always has a good horse, and there's another new one there in Lord of Light, and Frankie Edwards, good to see him back with a double on the day. Yeah, it was a good win in the Cup. Um, Rick was very confident the horse had stayed. There was a few people, um, punters included, that let it drift out a little bit in the market, having its first look at 2,000 metres, and on the point of the turn, it looked like it was going to be a local victory. Um, Necessitas loomed around him like she was going to go straight past him but um, Lord of Light had a little bit up the sleeve and, and it kicked away 
Necessitas was a really good run, first look at the North, um, now with the Alex Malloth stable. Bonnie took over from Rachel Fred, who was injured in, in that um, no race in race two, and Roshan, the visitor from Rockhampton, and set a good clip in front, but just couldn't couldn't hold the sweepers. What happened in the no race, um, or in the abandoned race, Pete? Um... Steve Wilson wasn't quite on my mess, ain't no more. It, she loaded riderless and he was in the process of getting on. The barrier tenant was still down in the barriers and um, somehow the gates come open. There was a malfunction of some sort and the barriers come open. And, yep. um, thankfully, no one was seriously injured. Steve's out for at least a couple of weeks. He um, come off the side of the horse when the attendant got bowled over and took Steve with him. And um, Thankfully, everyone avoided serious injury, but it could have been really nasty but yeah it was declared no race obviously the starter indicated he didn't let the field go but um they all jumped steve come off rachel's horse obviously rachel wasn't ready either the horse has gone straight up in the air and hit her in the head and um how she was able to stay on and pull the horse up we're all scratching our heads she did a really good job and um was quite concussed after the race and yeah so rules of racing said the starter didn't let the field go so it was declared no race yep um and we're going to save the best for last, of course, and look at race one last, as you probably guessed, uh, Pete. But uh, Frankie Edwards double, uh, firstly with Jenny uh, Jenny Ball with the uh, cool attitude. Now, you mentioned Bonnie Thompson. Well, she uh, didn't go home empty-handed with a win on a Hanita. Yeah, cool attitude. That was probably the most exciting win of the day. Jenny and Tommy have trained on course at Marieva for quite some time, and she's a really honest mare, cool attitude, and um, the benchmark races bring her right back into into her own, and... Um, Masapenko burst through and looked like the winner about 50 from home and cool attitude right down the outside come from near last and got him in the last couple of bounds. Masapenko was good. Um, it'll it'll look to improve this week into the amateurs and captivate her in another good race for third. It's racing well since um, joining the Freddie Wheel and Stables. Bonnie's winner on Hanita for Maria Patiris uh, in the Class B. Yeah, it was a very tactical race. Um, obviously, always are the small horse fields. Um, Due by Moon and Anita set up the race pretty much into a sit and sprint. They dropped Kim Alicia and prompt and ply pretty quickly when they sprinted about the half mile. Um, Kim Alicia made up good ground, prompt reply, not so much, but um, Bonnie pinched it. She took off before the turn, caught Frank and Massa napping, and um, she's good in on, on horses like that. Bonnie, she she knows when to pinch it, or if they're left alone in front, she's very hard to run down and. I think if you ask Maria Patiris, I reckon Maria might be her favourite track. She always goes up there competent and gets good results. And it won Dubai Moon. Um, Frankie's on his Frankie Stockdale's on his working holiday, and he's oh he I thought it was the one to beat. It was a dollar sixty favourite, but just it couldn't quite get there when Bonnie took off and Kim Alicia made up good ground in the straight to run third. Cutest money goes off in the maiden plate, and I see the name Peter Rowe and uh, Maza Abe with Temps de Louvre. Uh, great result for the stable there. Yeah, she's a nice filly. It was, it was, uh, I suppose, the highs and lows of racing all in one race. Unfortunately, she bled after the race, and that's her career over and done with it after four starts. But it was a really tough win. Um, she deserved it. She's run some nice races behind um, Taken by Theft and Yes Dream, and I was very confident going there. I thought if she if she was anywhere near as good as we thought, she'd win and win easy, which she did, um, running away on the line. Beat Bean Warrior, who's come back good, and Cody's boy was on his best behaviour. He's a bit of a troublesome rogue, but it was a nice run into third. But, yeah, unfortunately, we um, she come back with blood present in both nostrils. So that's her done. That's the second time, the poor little mare, but she'll um, she'll make a nice breed, man, that's for sure. 
Yeah, it's always uh, sad after a win like that, and hopefully the cutest uh, bonus softens the blow in that regard. But a uh, uh, good win for Temps to lose. Where do you go next, Pete? Cairns uh, Amateurs this weekend, Friday, Saturday, two days of racing, massive nominations, and um, hopefully we, the rain's supposed to come tomorrow. Might give the track a bit of a, a well, I suppose, a bit of a soften up. Not that it needs it. It'll be racing well, and then finds up for the two days of racing over the weekend, and then we're off to Atherton next weekend for Cup Day and then the Ewan Annuals, which is I'm looking forward to. I love getting out there to Ewan and it's a Friday-Saturday meeting as well. Which uh, race are you going to likely start St. No More in, the one that was in that no race at Mariba on the weekend? I see you've nominated for four different events over Friday-Saturday. Oh, oh, I feel sorry for her ownership group. She's been to the races four times this prep and she's raced once. Wow. She was away scratching at Atherton when the barrier opened and she got away from the lead pony at Innisfale. She raced in Cairns and, and ran a good race, just run out of steam, and obviously the no race on the weekend. So, look, I'd love to get her in the class 2.950, whether or not she gets a run. Otherwise, she'll probably head around out of her class in a class 6.950, but with 51 kilos on her back, she'll, she'll be a good, a good lure for a while, that's for sure. Oh, we wish you all the best with the runners for, for you and for Dad Trevor. It's uh, shaping up to be a great carnival. Isn't it all happening in Cairns this week? Uh, cricket's on tonight. Is it Thursday and Sunday, I think, that the uh, the Aussies are in town for the, the three matches this week? Plus the amateurs with the ball and the fireworks on Friday night. It's all happening. It is, and we just had Festival Cairns last week, which wrapped mm. up on Sunday night with the Festival of Lights down the Esplanade. And it's a good time of year. The weather's perfect. It's like time like this time of the year is why we really appreciate living where we do. I'm born and bred here, and, you know, people come here for holidays and say it's a lovely place, and you, you take it for granted until, you know, times like this, and you think, well, we really do live in a good spot. No, you certainly do. I'm looking forward to being there. See you Friday. See you then. <laughs> Peter Rowe with us this morning looking at uh, the Mariba program on the weekend. Yes, one of my favourite weekends of the year, Rob. I haven't been to Birdsville yet. That's on the bucket list, but uh, I recommend heartily to people, if you're looking for a little holiday weekend and some great racing, get to the Cairns Amateurs in early September every year. It is a fabulous weekend. I forgot that when we mentioned your Longreach Cup visits. <laughs> Cairns is always on the list. Yeah, uh, there's a couple that are uh, coming around. You'll be working hard again, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, always working hard. Someone said to me the other day, you must be loving the fact that they've introduced zero alcohol beer because you can look like you're having a beer all day because you have to be careful when you're working. You can't get too keen. <laughs> We've got a couple of other meetings that we need to have a look at. Uh, Emerald and uh, Bundaberg from Saturday and the uh, Serap meeting transferred to Roma on Sunday. Uh, let's start off with uh, what happened to Emerald on the weekend. They've got about 40 metres left to go. It's Godfather's Girl, a half-length in front of Mr Cruz and Arwenichi striding up. Marway sticking towards the inside. They're clear of Air Cobra as they come towards the bend. They've got 250 metres left to go, straightening up. Arwenichi, the outside, ran to the lead from Mr Cruz. They're clear of Godfather's Father's girl in Marway. It's Awanichi and Mr. Cruz. Awanichi, he loves this here at Pioneer Park. Butler driving to the lead. He got two lengths in front, trying hard as Mr. Cruz, but Awanichi's too good. Wins by two. Mr. Cruz second, third Marway, and Godfather's girl and Era Cobra. Last of all. Scott Power, who uh, this weekend, Rob, is off to Toowoomba where they've got the Race Coolers Cup medley uh, where the boys are going to be uh, back in action behind the microphone at Clifford Park on Saturday night. But there was Scotty with uh, Awanichi. As he said, he loves Pioneer Park. He's had 11 runs at the track, six wins, four seconds and a third out of those 11 runs for uh, Raymond Williams. 
Yeah, he's a great horse and he handles the wet track, the heavy eight there. And uh, you can hear why Scotty Power is going to be in that calling at Toowoomba on Saturday night. Another brilliant call. Uh, 15 wins from 48 for Arwanichi. And look, Mr. Cruz is a horse out this way that's showing potential. And I think it wins just around the corner. Of course, you wouldn't have Pioneer Park without a Glenda Bell win. And it was not just a win, it was a Quinella in the benchmark 60. Carino for Talia Fenlon defeating Demural. Now, there's a horse I think you start looking up for the Emerald 100 uh, mural was with David Van Dyke. They sent it down for a campaign. Back with Glenda now. Uh, looking good going into the next uh, couple of meetings. Mandeville Rocker into third. And the Central West horse has also ventured over there of course and Patrick O'Toole had a winner with Merganella. Uh, Ash Butler on board. Another Elmer Her defeated package in Adam's Apple. And that one's going to be uh, one to watch around the Central West as well. Ash Butler uh, having the double on the day of course with Arwanichi. The other two winners there came uh, Chris MacGyver riding the Jason Devine uh, Zuberin, uh, Zuzurin over to Zayak and uh, Tayamina match and sheer success for Stephen O'Shea and Nicole Seymour defeated Grand Palazzo and Love over Gold. So another meeting that was uh, I think they were pleased to get it through, the heavy eight track, uh, a bit of a later start there as well but uh, Ash Butler a double out of that meeting and Arwanichi continues in winning form Tony. Here's what happened at Bundaberg in the open on the weekend. 500 metres left to go and it's still Dawning Princess in front, led by a half length now, American Genius is edging closer, wrecking balls up to third, they're followed next in the field then by Brian Eish and last of all was Dolce around the turn, American Genius got to the front, from over on the inside Dawning Princess, then came Wrecking Ball right to the outside, Brian Eish but American Genius started away, 200 to go three clear now to Wrecking Ball and then came Brian Eish but it's all American Genius, he's getting tired late, Wrecking Ball's coming at him, Wrecking Ball right over the the top. Wrecking Ball has beaten home American Genius. Third in was Brian East. They were followed by Dolce and the tail ender was Dawning Princess. As the old saying goes, there's a race that changed complexion in the last 100 mm. metres or so. American Genius and Tyler Leslie looking home but Wrecking Ball Paul Hamlin just over the top and horses like Arwanichi, Wrecking Ball, American Genius and Brian Ish, some of these ones that we're very familiar with Rob, we're going to start hearing more and more of these because of course uh, starting Saturday week we're into the uh, the first legs of the 2022 Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede Oh it doesn't take long to come around it gets even more exciting with those series in place and these horses are well and truly positioned ready for it and this more than ready he's, you talk about horses liking track 6 from 10 at the track now Bundaberg American Genius another one that's already proven itself at the higher levels so uh, going to be an interesting uh, time going forward Tony but it didn't take long uh, Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslie missed out with that particular win but they had a good win with Hand Dynasty the Raphael's Cat that's uh, been winning everywhere it's one at Moorumbah it's one at Mount Iser, it's placed at Longreach. Good horse on the way up. Two wins, three placing its last five. Defeated Ramtastic and Rutto. Kewick was a winner for Bob Murray and Gemma Steele. Good to see Gemma with another winner with the maiden plate win over Buetta and Athelda. Mr Maharaj for Kim Afford. Uh, that name crops up regularly for the trainers' uh, results there. And Shannon Stefan on board. And Mr Maharaj defeating Toy Witty and quarter pass. But I thought a great result for True Telly and Malcolm Bailey. But look at the jockey, Tony. Ian French back in the saddle. His first mm. meeting since 2014. 
don't know the full story here with Ian, but I can remember him back around that time. And uh, he got the win, a uh, half-length win over Clearview Jet and fudging it. So good to see Ian French back in the saddle. Good on you, Ian. You're back with a, a winning bang there at uh, Bundaberg. Now, we touched on a couple of times that uh, they moved the uh, Surratt Diggers Cup program on Saturday to the Roma Turf Club on Sunday. Great cooperation between the club there. Peter Flynn was telling me earlier uh, that not only did uh, Surratt send up their race books, but also their trophies and lots of volunteers to help out to be able to ensure that that meeting was able to go ahead and $82,000 in prize money was able to be distributed around that uh, southwest Queensland racing industry. They still had a big social day at Surratt on the Saturday, but great to see those two clubs band together. And the big story that Flinney was telling me was the fact that uh, I think the last meeting that we were talking about at Roma, the girls rode the card... They nearly did it again if it wasn't for uh, Brendan Newport taking out the uh, Surratt Diggers Cup on badge of gameness. But that's something like 13 races in a row that the girls have won and they've won 15 of the last 16, Peter said to me. Oh, they're going great guns. And, yeah, uh, Brendan Newport was the only one that could spoil that party for Lisa McGee with badge of gameness, uh, defeating It's All K and Radapole. So uh, the girls, in terms of the double, Sophie uh, Wilcock, taking, or oh, she bookended the program, Candy Dawn for Wayne Baker in the uh, maiden plate, uh, defeated Short Takes and uh, Mr Quickstep. And then with Leonard Morn, the cutest money went off with Coda Flyer, the real saga, uh, getting the win, the double for Sophie, defeating plenty of ticker and uh, a vision. And then uh, Olivia Kendall, uh, her wins came on Xenia for Grant Arnold, an outreach mayor, and then she combined... Uh, uh, with Grant Arnold, a Grant Arnold du a double with She's a Blazing, an easy rocking four-year-old mare, first win in 10 starts, defeated Real Hussey and Leslie James. And to wrap it all up for the girls there, Liv O'Donnell with Pat Webster, where you don't have too many meetings in the southwest without Pat getting a, a winner and minted one over a very consistent Sherwood Prince in Galapagos into third place. So, yes, another feature of those girls dominating the meeting. And uh, good to see Brendan Newport. He's another jockey that's uh, just starting to move out a little bit more into the country areas, into the western areas and that. And good to see him getting the results, Tony. Flinney tells me the preparation's well underway for the 2022 Royal on 99 Roma Cup, just over two months away. Barry Baldwin is going to be our special guest at the uh, Sportsman's Dinner Calcutta the night before, Rupert McCall is also going to make an appearance with some of his special brand of racing poetry. Oh, definitely a big occasion, and I do believe that's another one that's on the uh, the calendar for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's another one of my junkets. It's only a junket if you're not involved in it. <laughs> I think you'll be working somewhere in the background there, mate. And uh, look, uh, Bowen on the, the TAB meeting they had on the Thursday, must mention Georgie Holt taking a, a treble up there at uh, Bowen. Great to see that stable, and I'm sure those sort of stables will be looking, as you said, to the Cairns weekend uh, coming up this weekend. Yes, following on from the TAB meeting today at Mackay, uh, day one on uh, Friday for the Cairns Amateurs for Ladies' Day. The Amateurs Cup and Sprint will be raced on Saturday. We mentioned the race. Callers Cup meeting and uh, at Toowoomba on Saturday, Baduri Cup Saturday, Gundawindi Cup Saturday, racing also at Cloncurry, Nanango and Thangul, where it's also Cup Day, but one that won't be racing this weekend. The Morven Cup non-tab meeting Saturday has been rescheduled to the following week, now to run Saturday, September 17, due to the state of the track. They've had more than 50 mils of rain through the week and it won't dry out in time to be suitable for racing Saturday. Early call made on that yesterday. Uh, there's a for forecast of more rain to come through uh, tomorrow and Thursday. So they're going to have the same race program with fresh nominations called and that uh, Morven Cup meeting now to race the following Saturday, Saturday, September 17.
And I'll be headed to Baduri where I noticed 37 noms over the six-event program and uh, that Cloncurry meeting that Watsi mentioned uh, ended up with 52 nominations over the five-race program. So, again, the strong country racing occurring. Email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au with uh, any of the great results or stories you hear. And uh, we'll be back um, next week, uh, Tony, of course, uh, with Bush Beaton reports, particularly out of uh, Baduri and other good country race meetings. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Luck, Robbie Farr, Andrew Watts and uh, Peter Rowe all joining us on Bushbeat this week. Extended show today. Thank you to everyone for joining in and we hope we've been able to cover all of what happened on the weekend and look forward to being back with you again next Tuesday on Bushbeat here on Radio Tab.